guess what? You are having the lion dream again. You are running through the plains in the long grass while an enormous storm rages overhead and rain pelts down. And ahead of you, you can see a shadow that you think is Tezuko, your lion brother. What do you do? I run as fast as I possibly can in my dream lion self, and I yell out, Tezuko! He's running from you. I yell to him to stop. It's me. He's still running, and from behind you, you can hear the laughter of gnomes. There's a strike of lightning, and the grass ignites. And a wall of fire is separating you to Zuko. And as the flames are growing higher and higher, the laughter grows louder and louder. And you see in front of you the flames take the form, or seem to take the form, of a snarling, pouncing lion. And then you're woken up. You're also immediately aware of a blinding light and a ferocious, gnarly headache. Give me a constitution saving throw. Nat 20. Nat 20. Yo! You feel vile rise in your throat, but you do not vomit. Ugh. Saliva. However, you're practically blinded by the light and as you look around you seem to be like on top of a mountain or something um, you can see the shoreline around you like maybe a hundred feet down or more and the entire like platform like stone platform that you seem to be on is covered in ash and so are you is Stephen okay? Yes, uh, Stephen is perched on uh, what looks like a parapet and is just preening his feathers and gives another. Ah! Oh. Um, okay, I'm dumbfounded and, and shocked. I need to look around for the others. Okay, uh, give me uh, a perception check. So nine. Okay, um, you are looking around and kind of tracing the footprints in the ash. You can see what appear to be your footprints that just kind of appear and then lead to where you were long around. As if I descended out of the sky? Okay. I don't know. I'm shrugging my shoulders for the people listening at home. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot something. Um, give me that perception check again. 
19 plus 5. No, the, the 4 stands because you have disadvantage on all ability checks right now because you are exhausted. Okay. You also have sunlight sensitivity because you are so hungover. <laughs> Did I have a good night? You don't I, remember. I don't remember. Oh, God. Um, but with that previous 9, you can see what seems to be like a hatch. Uh, in the uh, top of this tower, you can examine that, or you can look over the edge and see where you are. And, um, in the top of the tower that I'm standing on? Yes. Oh, God. Well, and no one else is around me. No one else is there. Just Stephen. I mean, is it, it, I probably should just go down the hatch. Whatever I see from up here, it's, I most likely can't do anything, so might as well. All right, here I go. Okay. Come on, Steven. Every time he walks, it's just like a oh, right in your temple. Can you shut it for a second? Just, oh, God. <laughs> Um, so you get to the hatch, um, there's a heavy iron rung, uh, sorry, a uh, circle yeah. in it that you can try and pull up. Give me a strength check with disadvantage. Five with a zero. So. So five. <laughs> uh, it's enough. You manage to pry it open and you see some intricately carved steps Leading down into the darkness. Mm -hmm. I go. Okay. Squinting against my migraine. I'm trying to ignore my stupid bird. I go down the steps. Cool. Uh, you carefully navigate the steps. It's less terrible now because you're under the sunlight. So you don't have as much blindness going on. But you're able to navigate downward. And you see in front of you uh, a landing with this railing in front of it and this huge circular opening leading down. And there are some magical torches that are rung all around. And you are looking down into the dwarven fortress of Sandspire. And it looks like a bomb went off, like half. Uh, the, the layout of Sandspire, as you can see, is uh, a butte or like a stereotypical volcano. And it's been carved out by dwarves. And much like the Guggenheim, there's a ramp that goes all the way around the inside of this, along this big central column of air, um, where there are shops and apartments and workshops carved into the mountain. And looking above, you see a heavy grate and lid that are covering up what would be the caldera of the volcano, the opening, um, where it appears you previously were. And all of the storefronts are very gaily painted, like they're beach dwarves, so they like a lot of color. Um, 
but half of them look completely scorched and burnt. Like some huge column of flames like took up half of the entire volcano fortress. Did a volcano erupt? You can make a nature check. I'll do a nature check. My coffee smells like Christmas to me. Um, five. With disadvantage. Still five. Five. Um, you picture if a volcano exploded that there might be more like lava around. Uh, but thinking back to your druidic training, um, Probably not a, a volcano explosion, but it doesn't look good. More like a balloon. Uh, a magical bomb. No, not really like that. It just looks like fire. Like that that's as much as you can figure out right now. Like through this place burned down. You're still drunk in haze. It's not burnt down, it's just charred. This place was burning. That's safe to say? Yes, that's safe enough to say. <laughs> Steven? This place was burning. Ah! And with that, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you come to hearing a steady drip. Get the faucet. Get the faucet. Get the get uh, someone get a bucket. And as you start to take possession of your limbs and your wherewithals, Where the you hell is are my arm. There it is. Okay. Ugh. You feel a heavy weight on top of you, um, but you seem to be in darkness. I think my eyes are open. They are. And so you have dark sight, so it seems like your head is stuck in something. Oh, boy. Oh, not, not again. Little help. Little help. Little. Uh, Whoa. Give me a constitution saving throw. <clears throat> Fifteen. You uh you also Oh actually um roll that again. You also have disadvantage. Fifteen. Alright. <laughs> you feel like the bile rise up, but you hold steady, um, which is good because there's something on your head, so it wouldn't have much <laughs> elsewhere to go. Hold it in, boy. Oh, uh, daddy. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to be okay. A strength check. <laughs> what? A strength check Str with disadvantage. <laughs> All right. Ready? The first one's 15. <laughs> Oh, so the answer is 15. <laughs> Se second time I rolled an 18. So. Um, you're able to get 
your left arm free. So uh, you pull it out of whatever was on top of it. Um, so you've got a limb free now. All right. I'm swatting around. I'm I'm pinching. I'm making sure it's not like a cow that's sitting on my head. No, you feel a lot of body parts, uh, like arms and chests, and you feel some coarse hair that might be a beard. I pull on the coarse hair. There's no response. Okay. I push it away. Okay. And I just keep pushing and dragging and digging around, trying to free up the rest. Okay. Uh, give me another strength check with disadvantage. Okay, so that's an 11. And that's a 13. So okay. 11. Uh, you're able to push off whosever body was on top of you. There's still some, something stuck on your head, but at least you can get up now. All right. I yell out, I'm almost... <laughs> There's no response. I really wasn't yelling to anyone in particular. I was just sort of announcing it to the world, especially since this is an audio medium. That's <laughs> so, all right. Um, I'm going to try to dig out my right arm so I have both arms. Uh, no, you, you have got your right arm free. Whatever you oh. push off as was. Okay. Well, now yeah. I try to remove whatever is stuck on my head off of my head. Uh, you can do so. Oh, uh, right. It appears to be a dwarven helmet that was shoved on backwards. Oh, so it, it, it really does just look cool. It serves no function otherwise. Uh, but as your eyes adjust, uh, you find that you are in a stone corridor with heavy iron doors behind you and in front of you there's about six dwarves you think six because they're in pieces and next to you is your sword and all of the dwarves' wounds look blackened and twisted well, it looks like somebody had a very good time. <laughs> and with that, at the end of the corridor, uh, you see a lantern come around, and you see the face of Brock Wavecrusher with about six dwarven guards behind him, and he takes in the scene, very quickly, and says, You! You're coming with us, now! You know, I have no other legs to stand on. All right. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. So, let's figure it out. Let's go! I pick up my sword and I go. Uh, Locrian. Yes. Uh, you come to in a bed. Oh. All right. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Locrian. All right. <laughs> uh, 
there's some soft light that seems to be coming through a window. Uh, and there are a few other beds that you see in the room with injured dwarves who are lying in them. Give me a constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Uh, shit. Uh, eight. You vomit. Oh, great. Um, all right. Uh, I want to quickly look around and make sure no one saw me vomit. I'm very embarrassed. Uh, the other occupants of this room appear to be asleep. Okay. So no one saw you. Just okay. Up. Good. What smells to be like a very, very tropical mix drink. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm putting pieces together, I guess. Uh, so you are in this room, uh, and as you are sort of taking stock, you notice that your left arm is covered in some, like, weird orange gel. Okay. Um, so, does it appear... I, I, I want to try to get some with my finger and lick it. Yeah, you can do that. Um, as you take, like, a goop, you realize that you've been stripped to the waist, and this seems to be, like, going up over your left shoulder and up your neck and seems to be over, like, the left side of your face as well. Okay. Is this good time goop or bad time goop? I'm still not sure. Uh, you, you take a taste of it. Uh, it yeah. actually kind of tastes minty. I'm sorry, taste what? Minty. Oh, okay. Oh. A little bit. Orange and mint is not a good combo. <laughs> and I vomited, so... <laughs> Things are not, not good. You said everyone looks asleep around me, or are they? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, it, looking around, it seems to be uh, like an infirmary. There's quite a few beds that are laid up. Uh, there's little tables next to each one with like a bowl, and it looks like bandages or something like that. Uh, and to your left, there's a window. To your right, there's at the end of the, the room, there is a doorway with a shut door. Okay. Uh, do I have, like, my gear and stuff? Can I see that anywhere? No. Hmm, okay. Uh, I guess I'll go... I'm going to go to that door and try to see if I can find a nurse or something. Yeah. Uh, are you just, like, punching open the door? Or are you gingerly opening the door? Um... I'm I'm going to gingerly open the door. Okay. Uh, as you do so, you see another room uh, that looks rather hospital-ish. Uh, there's a few other beds. Uh, these ones are unoccupied. Uh, and a large table. And there is a dwarf who is mixing something with a mortar and pestle. And he okay. looks up at you and says, "Whoa, whoa, man! You, you, you should, you shouldn't be up. You should, you should take it easy, man." It's fine. I vomited already. What's going on here? What? Are you okay? No, you really, you should really take a seat, man. Like, you, you're really That's... hurting bad. I, yeah, I, I. It seems like something bad's happening. What, what's going on? How did I get here? 
Don't we all want to know how we got here, man? Locrian goes into a deep existential dread. I suppose there's validity to that. Um, how did I physically come to be in this location? Oh, man, they just wheeled you in. You were very badly burnt. I, I was burnt? Oh. Okay. Yeah, what hold on. Let me move your arm there. Uh, and he kind of shuffles on over and uh, goes to reach for your uh, gel-covered arm. Do you have another flavor? What? This, this one's minty. I, I don't care for it. Oh, yeah, that's what's helping out, man. Uh, and he takes uh, what seems to be like a, a poultice bag and takes out a blue flower and throws it in his mortar and pestle, quickly grinds it up, and then uh, sprinkles it on top of the gel that's on your arm. And you see that it changes color very quickly from orange to yellow to green to blue. And then it seems to harden. Uh, and you can oh. feel it sort of stiffen up all along your forearm. Hey, all right. Yeah. This is fine. This is fine. Uh, just yeah. give it a whack. And he points towards the wall. Oh, okay. I, I guess I'll smash my potentially burned at one point arm on a wall? Yep. Yep. Uh, you do so. It shatters, and you see your arm. Uh, it looks very red, like it was sunburned, uh, but it's not, like, you know, twisted and flesh-burned away or anything like that, so that's good. At least that's taken care of. Have you seen any of my companions, the, the people I was with? Who? Uh, there, there was a gnome, there, was, uh, there were a couple elves. Oh! Oh! You're part of the group that came out of Roxanne! Yes, yes. Oh, I don't know where they are. Oh. Okay, so they haven't been here. No. Okay, I, I need to go find them. Did something happen at some point? I, I, I was burned, obviously. Uh, oh. You, oh, you don't remember anything? Uh, no. No, not at all. Okay, uh, well, I guess you should take a look. Uh, and he waddles over towards, um, not the door you came out of, but another one, uh, and opens it up, and you can see in front of you, um, you're on one of the rings going around and up the inside of Sandspire. Uh, across from you is the Great Forge of Sandspire, which is this massive carved, well not carved, it's a um, brass statue of a five-headed dragon um, with each of the mouths at a different level uh, that skew flames to fuel the forge fires. Uh, half of it is brass, and the other half is just covered in black soot. And on that side of the tower, um, you see that there's burnt banners and um, shop awnings and stuff that's just lining the walls uh, going up. Like uh, like there was something that was just like clawing up the inside of the mountain. Okay. Um, I, I need to find my friends. Um, is, is there any sort of city guard or any, any place that I can go to try to find an adult? Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you can... Look for, like, the watch, I guess. Okay. Where do they watch? The, the, 
the watch, the, the, the people who take care of stuff like that, man. I'm sorry to keep calling you man. I don't know your name, human man. Uh, Locrian of Alredo. Hey, Locrian of Alredo. Uh, what's your name? Iro. Iro, it's wonderful to meet you. I need to find my friends right the hell now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, hold on a second. And he, um, he takes some more of that polo that he quickly ground up and kind of sprinkles it on your face. Uh, and you can feel that start to harden up there as well. Kind of like a fan of the opera mask. <laughs> I immediately went to Two-Face. Okay. Uh, you just want to, you know, hit that somewhere. Just be careful, you know, because it's your head. I immediately smash my face on the floor. Okay. <laughs> um, it uh, crumbles. Uh, and he takes a look at you and he says, Oh, all right. That, that's fine. I, I think it worked, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it, it's, it's, I, I'm sure you look like that before, right? How's my hair? Oh, uh, well, it's very fashionable. All right, okay, I've got that going for me still. Okay, uh, <laughs> and then we'll cut back to Asla. Um, you are in the higher reaches of Sandspire, what do you want to do? Um, I need to find my companions. Okay. Um, do you know what the layout of the Guggenheim is like? It's just basically, it's like a car park. It's like a giant circular ramp that goes down. Okay. Um, do you want to just walk yeah. down that? Yeah. Okay. Um, you walk. And Stephen walks with you. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> Does he walk? He just kind of walks <laughs> on the ground next to me. He's inside. It's weird to fly inside. Yeah. Uh, almost penguin-like. Yeah. Almost penguin-like. Almost. <laughs> and uh, as you are walking down, um, you see that like this side of, of Sandspire seems relatively okay. Um, but as you continue downward, you're entering like a burned-out area where. Things are just like charred and covered in ashes. I have to find my friends. Okay. Do you want to like investigate or just keep on going? Um, I want to investigate things. Okay. Give me an investigate check. Disadvantage. Um, so ten. Ten. Okay. Um, looking over the area, it seems to be like oddly distinct. What's burned and what's not. Uh, there's like it's very localized. It's not like a normal fire or conflagration where you think it would just like cover and expand everything. There's like a spot that's burned here and then up a little bit there's another burnt spot and then over to the side like across there's another spot that's burned. Um, Sounds like a giant flamethrower. And you also note that there are no dwarves on these upper areas. There's like they look like apartments but you don't see any dwarves poking their heads out of windows or doors. You don't hear anyone up here. You can't hear sounds coming from below. All right. Well, I'm going to, I want to keep going down then. Okay. Um, as you continue, um, you come to what seems like a gatehouse uh, in the, the ramp. It seems like a blocked up area for defense. Uh, there's no one on this side of it. The doors are open. And I can still hear sounds from below? Yes, um, like 
much further down below. Like if you go and lean your head over the side, you see way down there, there's some dwarves in the You also see a giant brass statue of a five-headed dragon, half of which seems to be charred up. Um, I might as well go just peek around in this open gate here. Okay. Um, as you do so, um, you, are you just like poking your head around the corner? Uh, you see two dwarves who are holding halberds and are wearing uh, plate armor with these little insignias that look like a surfboard on it. Uh, they both whip their head around and go, Ah! Whoa! How did you get up there? Do I know where I am? Yeah, you know it's... I know I'm in Sandspire. Yeah, you know this is Roxanne's home. Um, sorry to scare you guys, I say to these people. Uh, like, what happened? The, there was... All hell broke loose. How so? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Sodi, what did you see? Uh, well, I saw, like, a giant fireball that just kept bouncing around the room. And then I saw another one that was bouncing out after it. And then they both went up through the grate. So I know that, uh, uh, Hydro just, like, slammed it shut. And then we just kind of left it at that. Who's Hydro? Oh, he's one of the other guards. He's probably further on down there. Like, he, he was on the night shift. You guys, ca- you, like, captured the fireball? No, we just, we just let it go up through the roof. It oh, seemed like the great. best option. It was a crazy night. Like, the party for Roxanne that we got her back. Maybe. Roxanne. It's a nickname that people have for her. I don't know. He said Roxanne. <laughs> Your fault for doing it every single time. <laughs> okay, par- big party turned into fireball land and everything went burned. Uh, I guess so. Burned. You, you can't tell me anything else. I was on the day shift, man. All right, thank you. Uh, carry on. Hey, wh- where are you going? I'm going down. What? You can't. You can't be up here. You. It's good that you're not here now, but you, you weren't supposed to be up there. Uh, Look, it's not my fault, buddy. I'm I'm going down. I just found myself up there. I don't want to be up there. So have a nice day. Okay. I'll not your hair. Uh, the dwarves quickly confer in Dwarfish. Uh, one of them stays there, and the other one just, like, runs after you on his shorter legs and just, like, stands beside you. It's like, I'm escorting you to, to the lower levels. Well, I don't need an escort, but you can escort my seagull if you want. I, I am escorting your seagull <laughs> to lower levels. Okay. Come on, Stephen, you have an escort. And then we'll kick over to Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, Rock seems angry. Um, but he's got his guards surrounding you. But they haven't taken your sword as of yet. Probably because you were peacefully going with them. And they are leading you towards what seems to be this big meeting hall. Uh, There's these huge doors with two dwarves, statues of dwarves, flanking them. Uh, And they lead you in where there's this huge conclave of angry, shouting dwarves who are all yelling at each other, who quickly fall to a hush when 
Brock enters the room. Uh, over in the corner, you can see uh, Captain Kurt Russellleaf, Driftwood, and Mr. Togo are seated behind a table with a bunch of guards around them, too. Cap! Hey, Cap! Yeah. Whoa. Hi, Jimmy. It's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any idea what happened? Nope. All right, good. That makes two of us. What about you, uh, monkey man? Cap, translate. I don't speak monkey man. (laughs) He said no. He had too many banana daiquiris to remember. Right. Makes sense. All right, good. Uh, We're all on the same page. Yeah, don't bother asking me, says Griffwood. Oh, Grifty, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't see you there. You looked like a big pile of ash. Yeah, yeah. Do Just you? lay it on thick, why don't you? That's what I'm doing. Hey, uh, do you remember anything? No, I don't. All right, well, good. We're all on the same page now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. Ook, ook. No. Shut up, I know it. I don't have any banana-flavored aspirin. Ooh. I, I don't know uh, what you said, but that's fine. The cards around you say, shut up. Shutting up. Yep, definitely going to shut up. I'll shut up. I know how to shut up. When someone tells me to shut up, you better believe that I can shut up. So I'm going to shut up. Rock turns around and just stares at you for a little bit, like waiting for you to finish. I'm sorry. I, I, I jib-jab when, I, when, I, when I'm nervous. Um, so... The dwarves who are all around, uh, from your estimation, Jimmy, uh, seem to be in, like, different camps. Like, there's some guards who are standing about. There's a large group of dwarves who are all wearing, like, green robes. Uh, There's another group that all look like they came right out of the forges. Uh, And there's a bunch who are at the front of the room uh, who all uh, are kind of a little bit more disheveled, like they haven't changed their clothes from the previous night. You can see, actually, Roxanne is up there, uh, and they all look a little bit haggard, like they're hungover, too. Hey, 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 Roxanne, you know how to throw one hell of a rager. Yeah, yeah, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Uh, and Brock uh, steps up to uh, this, uh, it looks like a throne, for all intents and purposes, at the head of the hall. And he clears his throat and looks out over everyone and says, All right. Who remembers what in the nine hells happened last night? (laughs) And (laughs) this kind of awkward muttering as all the dwarves are looking at one another. And no one's really volunteering any information. Great. I'm so glad. Um, look, let's look at each other. And do, besides all of us being ashy, is there any other context clues that we can uh, gather from um, just looking at ourselves? Uh, one of the dwarves in the green robes steps forward. Uh, and points a finger at you, Jimmy. Okay. And said, you outsiders can explain 
what happened to the eight of my men? No, we can't. <laughs> we are blackout as well. <laughs> Am I missing any teeth? And I smile big. Uh, <laughs> the dwarf in the green robes kind of looks at you and says, How many teeth did you have before? More than five. There are more than five? Great. Nope, I'm good. That's, bes- that's beside the point. Where? The dwarf in the green robes turns to Brock and he says, Rory and seven of his fellows are missing. And I want answers as to where they are. Uh, Jimmy, give me a history check. 16. Okay. Um, you don't have disadvantage on that, um, just because of how recent the memory is. But in your head flashes the image of a dwarf wearing uh, leather armor and holding a big hammer. He has this big mustache, like a noticeable mustache on top of his beard. It's that prominent. Uh, And he is screaming obscenities at you and Locrian and Asla and Korra. Oh! 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 Oh, I have... I just had a flash. I just had a flash. What? I, I, I was just, I was, hold on. I'm piecing it together. All right. I vaguely remember a, 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 a dwarf dude in some leather armor with a really sweet stash. Like, wow, everyone should take notes from that guy. Yes, that's wrong. You have the sweetest stash. Yes. He was yelling at us with his hammer. And then it gets foggy again. Uh, Proc is rubbing his temples, um, maybe out of exasperation or maybe out of just a headache. Uh, And he looks at the dwarf in green and says, Kelp Chewer, can we please focus on the more pressing matter at hand of why half of Sandspire is burnt to a cinder. Chief Brock, might I suggest a solution? You are not allowed to say anything right now, Jimmy. The fact that you brought back my daughter gives you a little bit of leeway, but we have questions to ask you. Brock, man, we are all in the same boat. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this mystery as well. I woke up under a pile with a helmet on backwards. Now, I'm sure that that sounds like a normal, oh, I don't know, Thursday night for Jimmy to go Opeshi. But let me tell you something. (laughs) I don't wind up with a helmet on backwards. That's not me. Uh, The kelp chewer dwarf in green uh, looks at you and says, pile of what? Bits and pieces of former dudes. And maybe, ladies, I didn't lift up severed skirts. Uh, he immediately, like, rears back and uh, points a finger at you and says, 
Get him! The murderer! Hold the goddamn phone, you kelp-chewing motherfucker. Right now. Hold up. If I was the murderer, why would I be under all of them? Uh, they don't seem to be paying. Okay, um, give me a persuasion check with disadvantage. Persuasion check. I am persuasive. Okay. So, number one, we've got a 15. And number two, we have an 11. Uh, the dwarves do not unholster their hammers and axes. But they are still rushing around you, and the guards are performing, uh, forming a protective cordon to try and keep them away right now. Um, but things are looking a little bit dire in the Great Hall. I slowly to... just put my hand to my hilt, and that's it. And let's cut back to Locrian. Uh, Locrian, you're on like the mid-tier of Sandspire right now. Um, you hear commotion coming from down below you, uh, but otherwise there's not too many dwarves around. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to grab a bed sheet and wear it like a like a little shawl, hide my shame. Um, and then I guess I'll try going down, trying to find people. Okay. Um, as you are walking down, you pass by what seems to be like a, a mess hall, and you actually do see a few dwarves in there who are groggily, like, eating eggs. Uh, okay. And you hear a voice yell out, uh, saying, Hey! Locrian! Loki! Uh, and hobbling over on a much better leg is Aggie. Guys! How, how are you? How, how are you feeling? Oh, hungover. Uh, oh, yeah, the leg, yeah, the leg's a lot better right now. The sages, they know what they're doing with their medicine. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you so much. You have done so much. You saved all those people. I'm sorry, what people? All, all those dwarves? You, you held back that wall of flame? I, I'm sorry, you're, you're going to have to be more specific. I hold back walls of flame all the time. Uh... And she looks at you and says, like, oh, wow, that, that thunder punch, that really did a number on you, didn't it? Uh, well, it, it sounds like it would have. Yeah. Thunder uh, punch! Did someone yell thunder punch and then punch me? No, it, the drink, the mixed drink that, that Jimmy said you all wanted four of them each. Oh, I see. You, Did okay, Jimmy then uh, yell thunder punch and punch me? No, it's it's a drink. There's no punching involved. It's punch. It's, it's a punch drink. All right, I suppose. Do you remember anything from Trader Picks? No. Trader Picks? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't recall. Please, please tell me what's going on. Uh, okay. Uh, well, so, um, Aggie gives you a look and says, you really don't... Remember, I wasn't there for most of it because I was busy getting this taken care of and she pats her leg. Uh, but after everything, I guess, popped off, uh, I rushed out from the infirmary and 
I saw you with like a, a big glowing shield holding off a, a giant like wall of flame, and there were a bunch of other folks on the other side of it that you were you were shielding. And then you screamed something about like I'm the Lizard King, and then you kind of fell over and were on fire. So we, we rolled you over and brought you to the infirmary. All of this sounds like something I would do. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, we should probably get you down with a uh, rock and. Roxanne, and see what's going on. Uh, yes, that would be for the best. And as you guys turn to leave the mess hall, you see uh, a wood elf covered from head to toe in ashes with a seagull, like, hopping along behind her and a very flustered guard dwarf who is saying, this is, this is most improper. This, this, is, this is not for going to procedure. This is not. This is not. I'm I'm sorry. I think I know that little bird. Yeah. Uh, and Aggie yells out, Asla! Aggie! What? What in the world happened to you? Loki? Asla. Uh, I go running up to them. Okay. Give me a constitution saving throw. Um, 18. Okay. You don't throw up, but running around was making you a bit nauseous. Well, um, you guys, oh, oh sorry. Um, also, they have eggs. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, what happened? I mean, I feel like I just was a, a giant potato bird. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't like that. Why do? Why does that name make me feel sick? I don't. Give me a history check, Asla. Ten. Um, you have a flash of, uh, Jimmy hanging onto a chandelier and, uh, swinging around a bar, yelling, Thunder Punch, Thunder Punch, give me more of that Thunder Punch, while Cora seems to be juggling fireballs to the amazement of a group of dwarves. And you look down at your paws, and it seems like you're a bear sitting on top of a table. And then you're back at the present. Oh! Oh! Was I... Was I a bear last night? Was Probably. Thunder... Something about Thunder Punch. Jimmy... Jimmy was yelling it, and... That sounds right. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should try and find her and Jimmy, and... Try and get a good idea about what's going on here. Let, let's check the Great Hall. There, were, there was a bunch of the higher-ups were heading down there. Uh, we'll cut back to Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of angry dwarves around here. You have your hand upon your hilt. But the other one is up. Like, okay. whoa. Whoa. Uh, you hear uh, Roxanne yell from the front of the room, Hey! Hey! Yeah. You there! Hilo Kelchur, you calm right down, okay? Everyone's a little bit testy. Let's figure out what's going on before we start casting blame, okay? <laughs> she said testy. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Try to lighten uh, the mood. Hilo Kelchur uh, gives you a disdainful look uh, and says, I want to know where my son is. And I swear to Muradin himself, if you have anything to do with any harm coming to him, 
And he again points at you, Jimmy. I'll have your head. Well, you'll have to get into a long line. Well, I can wait in a line for that. Okay, great. Because there's like 45 people ahead of you that want my head, and they all have to get a fair turn. <laughs> well, well, that's fine. I'm sure we can work out the paperwork and make sure there's an equitable exchange here. And he turns to another dwarf in glasses who's also wearing green robes and says, like, can we, can we drop a contract for that? Can we make sure that this is, this is going to happen? Uh, and Brock uh, is just about to yell when you see out of the corner of your eye Aggie, uh, Asla, and Locrian enter into the room. Oh! The missing pieces! Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy. What's with your hair? Is it? I... Son of a no, it looks awesome. Does it? Sure. Oh, okay. Have you tried to, like, feel your head yet? <laughs> yeah, okay. Now I, now I will try to touch my, touch my head. Um, as you raise your left hand, it feels like the left side of your scalp is just devoid of hair right now. I'm going to need a moment. No, it looks Any... sweet. Kind nope, of badass. Yeah. yeah I, I rather like it, Jim. I, I wish I had my bandana. <laughs> you see Roxanne kind of like eyes over your shirt or your blanket shirt? My blanket. looks at Asla completely covered in ash <laughs> and says, Oh, so you guys had a wild night too? I guess so. Do you remember what happened? No. Very, very little. Uh, okay. What uh, do you? Do you? Well, I remember, Dad, okay, Dad, you and I went and caught up, and we left them at Trader Picks, uh, and then they came into dinner totally drunk, so maybe we should check out Trader Picks? Let's check yeah. out Trader Picks! All right, all right, and Hilo Kelp Chewer. Uh, quickly confirms with his dwarf lawyer uh, and says, this, this will be equitable. Let's continue this investigation. I, I want guards on them at all times. Brock Wavecrusher, don't you try any of your, your tomfoolery around here. Pretty sure. I'm, I'm sensing a lot of hostility. Should we do some trust calls before we go? No. 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 Are you sure? Yes. All right. The dwarves recoil in horror at the idea of a trust fall. These aren't sky dwarves, they're beach dwarves. <laughs> These guys are easy to startle. I do a severely hungover uh, cartwheel out the door. Constitution saving throw. Yeah, that's a critical fail. <laughs> there is so much vomit. There, There is... <laughs> Just so much. It, it uh, shouldn't fit in you, but it does. I, now it's I stand over it proudly. <laughs> Asla walks far away and yells, You okay, Jimmy? Never better. <laughs> and I give a wipe. <laughs> uh, you see Aggie looks around the room uh, and says, Hey, uh, where's Cora? I, I haven't seen her. Anyone else see her? Elf got an octavo that whizzing around her head, prone to lighting fires. That, 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 that part's not important. Yeah. Uh, Elo Kelp Chewer again is just like livid instantly. 
and Brock um, walks over to him. The two have a hushed but heated conversation over in the corner. Uh, Roxanne um, quickly rushes over to the three of you and says, Come on, guys, we got to figure this out. My dad can only hold him off for so long. Uh, and ushers you guys out the door. Okay. okay. Someone get some sawdust. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. The kelp chewers, like, uh, Mellow came out with us, and when he didn't come back, his dad got really, really upset. Okay. That's Rory, kelp chewer. Um, that, that's Hilo, kelp chewer. That's his, his granddad. Okay. So we're looking for Rory with the sweet stash. He was with us at one point last night. Was he? I'm asking you. I, well, I, I, I didn't go up at the end because I hadn't finished formulating the question. Well, I, mean, I guess if you know what he looks like, I mean, he, he does have the sweetest stash imaginable. Okay. All right. I, I vaguely remember him yelling at us with a hammer. Um, everyone give me, oh, um, rather, Locrian and Asla, give me history checks. Uh, 13. Uh, 10. Okay. Um, you remember a dwarf with, like, a super sweet stash? Um, Locrian, you <laughs> remember him, uh, having a, a very hushed conversation with the four of you all around, but you can't really remember what he was talking about. Asla, you remember him um, getting into this giant machine with a drill in the front of it and yelling, trust me, it'll be fine. I vaguely remember chatting with him, but his mustache was too distracting. I always like a man with facial hair. Seriously, what the hell did we drink last night? Oh, I know this one. Oh. It was Thunder Punch. <sighs> thunder huh. Punch? Yes. Well, uh, I hate that word. You you were kind of a fan of it. Well, I mean, the name is sweet, but I, oh, I wait, uh, was there banana in it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's it's mostly rum, rum, and more rum. Yeah. All right. That sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> Not like oh, this is sweet. Like woo, look at all that sugar. But more like yeah, freaking sweet man. Well, all, uh, <laughs> Roxanne pipes up. So, what I remember, we dropped the, all of you guys, including your, your shipmates, the monkey man, the bird man, and the meat man. Mr. Togo, please. No, no, Go on. meat man is... Never mind. Meat man. <laughs> uh, over at Trader Picks, uh, while Aggie got fixed up, and while I and my dad kind of caught up real quick, and then you guys showed up at the celebration banquet really really smashed so let's check out what happened over there first sounds uh, good let's go over to trader picks well it's good so the five of you progress um to the ground level of sandspire uh and uh you see here it's largely like the uh industrial district there's like the gatehouse at the front doors but there are um a lot of forges around here, and there's a big brass dragon head um, that is like open above it. Uh, everyone, give me history checks when you see that thing. Ten. 
12. 10. Um, you all have a memory of a dwarf wearing half moon spectacles uh, and a blue pointy hat. He says, and here we see the Great Dragon Forge. Originally created by the founders of Sandspire, we've refurbished it, and it's whenever we have the flames lit, all the forges around the tower are illuminated in the glory of Muradin's work. And then you immediately snap back. In the memory, um, the Dragon Forge was all brass, and back in the present, half of it is covered in ashes. Uh, Aggie looks at the three of you. You guys just stops. You, you, you just stopped walking and just stared at the, the forge for a little bit. You okay? Uh, I'm not sure. I just got distracted. Uh, okay. Was the Great Dragon Forge lit last night? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, this isn't what happens when we we light the forge. Not at all. Usually, it's uh, and as you guys continue to walk, um, Aggie continues. Usually, it's like you know, it's basically a piece of industrial equipment. If we're going to be forging everything, then you just light that up, and then you got flames that are spurting out of the dragon's mouths and melts the, the iron and steel and all that kind of thing. It's neat looking, but it doesn't result in half of the mountain getting engulfed in flames or anything like that. It does sound cool as hell. Oh, it's totally rad. Uh, and by now, you guys are in front of a dwarven bar that's carved into the uh, mountain wall. Uh, and there is a sign that with glowing letters, spells out traitor picks, uh, and the P is kind of shaped like uh, a palm tree, kind of going over to the side like that. Do you want to go in? Uh, yes, absolutely. Sure. Okay. Uh, as you walk in, um, you see a bar that is just completely trashed. Uh, there are tables that are completely busted out of the legs. There's still drinks everywhere. Uh, and there is a very haggard-looking dwarf uh, who is bald uh, with, like, kind of a goatee, but, like, super, super long, like, down to his belly button, who looks up at the three of you and immediately drops his mop that he was cleaning up with and dies behind the bar saying, No! No! No, 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 not again, not again, not again! Yeah. I think we've been here. Perhaps. Pardon me, barkeep. I take um, one gold out of my pocket, think better about it, and then take a total of five gold out of my pocket and put it on the bar and say, my good man, we are here searching for answers about some evil doppelgangers that look like us. <laughs> Who's been sullying our good names all across this fair land? <laughs> G um, give it it's up, please. Uh, the dwarf like pokes his head over the bar. Uh, give me a deception check. <laughs> uh, you can help. You can give him a help action. I get I get advantage. Yeah. Well, it would counteract your hangover, so you just have a straight roll as opposed to disadvantage right now. Okay. So what did you roll? All right, I rolled. I rolled a fourteen. Fourteen. Um, 
Uh, he looks at you, and then he <laughs> looks at Aggie and Roxanne, and then he looks at uh, Locrian. Uh, he sees that you still have your um, symbol of Pelor around your neck, which miraculously is unscathed. Who'd have thought? Uh, <laughs> and he says, you, cleric, is what he says true? Why not? So, um, <laughs> let me, yeah. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Loki. <laughs> Thanks. What the hell happened here last night? Well, three persons who looked incredibly like you. Did a person who looked like me have a shirt and hair? Yes. As you yes. can see, my good man, no shirt, no hair. No, you came in here and started <laughs> drinking, and you left that in my chandelier. And he points up, and the eye of Shurnakur, the Aboleth, is stuck inside of the chandelier, just gazing malevolently over the entire bar. And then Rory Kelpchewer took you guys out of here. Oh, okay. So Rory was here which is good to know. How many of us were there uh, in our party that were... Four. Four of you. You were there. The person who looked very much like you. Right. And looked like the gnome. And... I heard there was a bear, not a, not a wood elf. No, no, I saw you. You turned, it, you turned into an orca, and then you turned into a bear. The orca took out that table, and the bear took out that one. There was an orca? How tiny was the orca? I would say bottlenose dolphin size. It was kind of adorable, but still broke my table. And a, a, a wizard. There was a wizard here, and she, she threw this at my head when I asked for paying for the damages. And he pulls out um, the manual of monsters and slams it on the bar. Where well, having was... never seen this before, I suppose I'll take it. There you go. Hey. Oh, no, but just for safekeeping. Evidence. No, that... We're taking it. We're taking it as evidence. Uh, he looks again at Aggie and Roxanne like, are these people serious? And I, Roxanne walks I, up and says, with the authority of my father, that is evidence. Sh should, I, should I show him the badge? Uh, uh, you can. Uh, no, I'm, 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 pull, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling my compatriots aside and talking in hushed tones. Should should we use our our power in this instance to save our asses? <laughs> I I think we might need to. You don't think we can talk our way out? No, <laughs> we might need it. We might need I it. I think that yeah, right. We need them to cooperate. But he but he did just give us the book as evidence because of her. Okay, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll sit on that. Okay. Okay. Maybe he's believing this. Well, he's but he's believing he's believing them. He's he's loosely buying it. So I'm I'm okay with that. Um, Maybe we can flash the badge, but not but be very vague about what authority it actually bestows upon us. Real quickly. If if we get if we get into any more sticky situations, okay. I think we're okay right now. But if it gets a little hairier, I'm I'm sorry about using the hair. 
joke. If I comb it to the side, does it look okay? You look very early 90s punk rock chick. Mm. I mean, the good thing is hair hair grows. Exactly. It's just a matter of... Unless it's burned down the follicles. What? You you heard that? I'm standing right here, guys. Oh, Aggie. (laughs) I thought you were the barkeep. Okay. I desperately look at my amulet to try to regrow my hair. Yeah, you will that along. All right. So <laughs> so she threw the book and there was a small whale fish and a bear. Not a fish, just a whale. I'm ignorant. <laughs> um okay. Where did where did this evil wizard go? Did did uh was she taken out with the other uh, lookalikes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm dropping the pretense. The four the four of you all left with Rory Kelpshuer. Okay. Now please leave my bar and take that thing with you. And he points at the eye, which is still malevolently gazing over the entire bar. Okay, we will. Did we happen to say where we were going next? Yeah. Uh, Something about a huge payday. Okay, guys, we were after candy. All right, thank you. Uh, oh, um, does somebody just want to toss me up there and grab that eye? Absolutely. All right. Are you throwing him or just holding him up? I am 100% throwing him. Okay, <laughs> give me a ranged attack with disadvantage. With disadvantage, you said? Yes. Oh, no. Uh, 11. The other one was a 19. I just want to point that out. Uh, you pick up Jimmy and toss him a la fastball special. Uh, Jimmy, you're going to need to make an acrobatics check to grab onto the chandelier. With disadvantage? Yes. Okay, so the first one was a 20. <laughs> oh, come on. And the second one was a 6. God damn it. You miss. Ah! <laughs> um, you crash down into a chair and shatter it. Uh, you take only one point of damage. I throw another gold coin on the bar. <laughs> okay. I think we've done all we can to get it out. We'll just have to stay here. Uh, Asa, can you turn into a tall animal such as a giraffe? Well, I can, but I don't want to waste that. Just to help you down off a roof. All right. Um, Barkeep, can we borrow a ladder? Yes. Why didn't you do that in the first place? Take it. Take this ladder. And he throw the ladder behind the bar. Okay. Well, we have we have we have the eyeball. Wait. You need to do a ladder check. I got to do a ladder <laughs> check. Yep. No, you don't. You. That's a you, ladder. You navigate the ladder. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have the eye of Shurnakur. Back in your possession. I, I, I try to like dust off some dust and cobwebs from the ceiling on my shirt. Yeah, that that's helping. That's really, really helping. And then I put it in my bag. Um so are you guys leaving the bar? Trader picks? Yes. Uh so uh the three of you and Aggie and Roxanne uh exit and Roxanne turns to you and says all right, so you guys were with Rory Kelchewer, and when you left after 
Well, I've seen that place look worse. Minimal damage. Um, you were yelling about a payday? Apparently we're we're gonna get a payday. <laughs> Is that like does that make sense? Is that something you guys would yell about? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a Great. Everybody check out check your pockets. See if there's extra money. Uh, I don't have many pockets. You check your, your pockets, you, you don't see any more money than what you think you had previously. In fact, there, there seems to be less. Hmm. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, what about receipts? Does anybody have any receipts? I don't keep receipts. Sorry. Um, looking through, uh, Locrian, you do find a piece of coal. Well, apparently I, I was bad this year. Okay. Well, there's always next year. This is more coal than I usually carry with me, I believe. Maybe Have you been should... extra bad? Yeah. Yeah, I could say I've been extra bad lately. We all. I got thunder punched. Yeah. So where would there be a bunch of coal? Well, probably at the base of the Dragon Forge. Dragon Forge thing again. But that's, that's sealed up. Like, no one can get down there unless like, they're on official like, industry business. Like, is Big Payday official industry business? No, but Hilo Kelchur has keys. Let's head down that way. Okay. Uh, as you guys head down, Jimmy, you recognize that this is the way that you came from uh, after you came to. Okay. So you're going back to that hallway where there's all those chopped up dwarf corpses. And those big iron doors. Guys, I've been here before. Um, you have? Yep. Yep. This is where I came from when I woke up. Um, it's kind of gross, so be careful. What? What are you talking about? You what was... There's no words to describe. Uh, Roxanne turns around the corner and stops suddenly. Uh, and turns back and looks at you with wide eyes. Aggie goes around the corner as well and also um, puts a hand over her mouth. Locrian, Asla? It's fine. I woke up in a bed that was a little bit lumpy, so I'm sure I can handle this. Yeah, you go first, buddy. All right. I march over. Uh, You see a pile of twisted dwarf corpses hacked apart. Uh, It smells... Like, positively necrotic, Asla. Oh, oh, this is just, this, this is right gruesome. Jimmy, you were here? I was under. All of it. Um. Oh, Aggie and Roxanne, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to see this. Who? Jimmy, is there anything you need to tell us? I was under it. Uh, Aggie has moved forward and is examining uh, the dwarves. Um, You see that they're wearing green. Hmm. Is there Uh, a special significance? Roxanne pipes up and says, Is he? And Aggie turns around and says, No, no, Rory ain't here. These are kelp chewers, though. So the kelp chewers wear green. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, 
Oh, boy. Well, you want the good news or the bad news first? I'm going to say the good. Well, these are all uh, underminers. Uh, They're a gang uh, that Rory rolls around with. I'm sorry, their name is the Underminers? Yeah, because they're from the Undermine, where they they excavate, and they're miners, so, yeah, it's clever, huh? Yes, yes, very good. Yeah. Uh, Bad news is uh, they're under the protection of the the kelp chewers. (laughs) It's it's a dwarven politics thing. Uh, It may take a while to explain. Um, It's it's not, not the best that they're dead, Want the best that they're dead. Yeah. Okay. I, I think is gonna be upset. When isn't he upset? Very seldom. Yeah, that's that's true. He's he's always angsty. He doesn't like my dad or people who aren't dwarves. Huh. Okay, so why are these dwarves dead? Uh I don't know, Jimmy. Do you remember? I think really hard. Give me a history check. Critical fail. (laughs) You remember a bunch of dwarves charging at you, and you remember your sword lighting right up, but what did you say as they were charging at you? Come get some! Do you relay that information to the group? I I don't see why not. (laughs) Well, that's, that's rather aggressive. On everyone's part, wouldn't you say? Yep, I'm new. Uh, I'm new with the fire sword. I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm new with it. You're new at it. I'm new at it. We, you would dare? No. Or, well, sort of. Can uh, I see if there are like scorch marks on the bodies from the fire sword? Yeah. Uh, give me an investigate check. <laughs> Eight. Examining the wounds, they're uh, blackened uh, and appeared like already like decayed. Um, not really like scorched, just like uh, kind of twisted. Jimmy, like I'm a, certain this was like a branch in uh, a fire, how it like kind of curls up. Can can we investigate the room and see if there's anything else that can? Uh, it's a hallway. Um, there are some dead dwarves, uh, and there's the heavy iron doors, and there's some dwarven script written on them. I don't speak dwarven. Does anyone else? Uh, probably the dwarves. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, it's, it says uh, no access beyond this point, industrial business only. For permission, follow up with Euro, Kelp Chewer, Administrator. All right, fuck that. Jimmy, you want to break it down? <sighs> We're already in enough trouble. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, um, they are heavy iron doors. You do not see um, like handles or anything. But there does appear to be a keyhole. All right, guys, guys, before we start breaking shit, because we've broken a lot of shit and we don't remember it, let's try something else first. Jimmy, are you feeling okay? No, I feel severely hungover. I walk up to the door and I, I take a second, brush off my shirt and vest, and I... Knock. You hear a knock coming back. I do an intricate knock. You hear the pattern repeated. Well, clearly they're not smart, because that was shaving a haircut. They didn't finish it with two bits. 
you hear a dwarven voice cry out from the other side, Hey, uh, we're kind of locked in here. Can you maybe get a key? Uh, sure. What's it look like? It's a key. Just, that- just grab one of the kelp chewers. What yeah, part? Run over and see. <laughs> oh, God. I, I go and pick up an arm and say, Give me the key, arm. <laughs> just... Get one of the, the kelp chewers or the wave crushers or the forge founders to just, like, open up. Does anybody not have a key to this door? Haggy <laughs> uh, pipes up. Well, the heads of the dwarven families will carry one in order to gain access. Again, it's a dwarven thing. It's about the respect of the authority and sort of, like, the wrap-up of industry and the dwarven okay, clan. Okay, so, Ken, is there a way we can, like, get Yeah, let's, let's go back up to the Great Hall. I don't want to go there. I will crawl back under the bodies. You can go up to the Great Hall. I'll have a conversation with the guys who are on the inside. It's fine. I don't want to go back up there. All right, all right. Rock, Roxy, do you want to go up and get the key? Uh, Asla, Logran, you go, go with her. Jimmy, we'll stay here. All right. Sounds good. All right, let's go. Um, you guys split the party again. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, do you want to say anything to the people on the other side? Guys, um, does, does the phrase thunder punch mean anything to you? (laughs) Yeah, that's a recipe for a busy night. Yeah, that's what I'm finding out. Um, Yeah. Does it make people go homicidal? No. You know, you're one. Familiar. Yeah. What, what did I? What? 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 What do I sound like? You sound like a gnome. Uh huh. Uh, this is Hydro, by the way. Who's over there? Uh, Jimmy, give me a uh, history roll. Critical fail. <laughs> what dice remember. are you using? The, my dice. Uh, Aggie, uh, whispers over to you like. Hydro's part of the city guard. Hydro! Buddy, how the hell did you wind up in there? Uh, you locked me in. Yes, but why? I don't know. You were screaming about severing heads from bodies, and then the door slammed shut. I'm still bleeding, by the way. Um, put a tourniquet on it. Yeah, it did. It's still going, huh? Wow. Um, do you remember what was almost setting me off? <laughs> uh, uh, all I remember was coming down because there was unauthorized access to the forge, and then you and the kelp chewers, and then Rory said that they caught you guys, and I said we're going to sort this out, and then I had a knife in me. Whose knife? Whose knife? Uh... Well, it says short motherfucker on it. <laughs> That's not mine. I don't have a knife that says that. It's in Dwarven Runes. I wouldn't assume so. There we go. There we go. Okay, good. Uh, and then when I came to, you were running by. Okay. And I was getting ready to um, separate heads from shoulders? Yeah, and then door shut. And R- Rory said he caught us? Yeah. That motherfucker. And we'll cut back to Locrian and Asla. 
Um, as you guys are moving up uh, towards the Great Hall again, uh, there is a big group of dwarves who come rushing up to you, Locrian, um, and they are all fawning over you like you're a celebrity. Oh, um, hello. How, how are you? Uh, and uh, a young dwarven child um, pipes up saying, Mr. Locrian, Mr. Locrian, thank you for saving us. Uh, sh- sure. And he offers like a tiny toy pickaxe to you. Oh, my goodness. Um, thank you. I will treasure this forever. So cool. With like the big, the big light and then like the walls of fire were going like, and we were in the hallway and you were like, stand back. And then like the light just like shot out of your shield. And then like you were, you were stopping it. And then like you, you put it down and you're like, you're welcome citizens. And then that blowback came and you were on fire. And that was so cool. Yeah. Where did that happen again? Uh, up, up. Near, near the, the roof? Up near the roof. All right. Um, Excuse me. Do, do any of you know where we might be able to get a key for big, heavy doors downstairs? Uh, all the dwarves are kind of looking around <laughs> confused at each other. Like, you mean the Dragon Forge? Yes. Yes, the Dragon Forge. Uh, I mean, you can, you can talk to one of the, the family heads, I guess. Um, Does that yeah, have something to do with the lion? I'm sorry, with the lion? Yeah, the lion made out of fire. The lion made out of fire. I'm, I'm sorry. You'll have to refresh my memory. It's a bit of a long it's, night. I, I refer to my hair. Uh, uh, the what appears to be like that little kid dwarf's mom comes up and says, "Like, oh, hush now, hush now. They don't want to hear about this stuff." No, I told you there was the big like man made out of fire, and then the big lion made out of fire, and they were fighting each other. And uh, the mother dwarf says he he doesn't know what he's talking about there were the explosions that were happening in the big fireballs and it, it was not a that's silly honey that's silly i i get down on one knee i look the child in the eye and i say tell me true how fucking cool did it look it was so fucking cool hot hot language all right um so this fire fight hey um where did this was this also up near the roof? Uh, he points at the dragon forge, the blackened part, and then the wall, and then up on the wall, and then back on the forge, and then the walls that are like kind of curving around, and everywhere where there's scorch marks. Well, uh, thank you for the pickaxe. Um, I will treasure this forever. Maybe you should all go home for a while. There seems to be a lot of confusion going on right now. Uh, the dwarves kind of disperse. Um, the little kid dwarf waves at you as he's being led away by his mom. What's your name, by the way, young child? Thorin! Thorin? All right. I'll, I think I'll remember that. You guys are able to make it to the Great Hall. Um, Rocks and rushes over to Rock, who is still having a heated debate with uh, Hilo Culture. Uh, and he uh, kind of shushes her over to those that group of mining dwarves who are all wearing like uh, blast furnace, like you know, welding helmets, those like big shaded goggle ones and everything like that. 
Actually, all these dwarves are all wearing like a lot of gear. Like you don't see dwarves under them. They're dwarf shaped, but they're all wearing like padding and masks and visors and stuff like that. Like they're they're very heavily decked out. Heavy duty dwarves. So, um, a couple things have happened. Does anyone happen to have a key to the forge downstairs? Uh, the dwarves who are wearing all of this heavy gear. Uh, they look at you, and they say something in Dwarvish. I'm terribly sorry. I'm afraid I don't speak Dwarvish. Um, Roxy rushes over to you, Logan, and says, like, Hey, uh, not the time. Gonna explain later. Got the key. Let's go. Yo quiero key. Let's see. Be leaving? Okay. <laughs> uh, and as you guys leave, uh, she says, like, yeah, those are the Forge Founders. They're, they're Deep Downers. They, um, they, uh, it's a long story. Just, uh, they're very dwarfish. It sounded like the beginning of an awesome freestyle. Uh, they're very, very dwarfish. If you know what I mean. Can I do a subtle racism check? You can do a history check. Okay. Um, nat 20. Okay, um... You know that the dwarves uh, originally came from Acadia. And when the big cataclysm hit, uh, they fled south to Thuros, where they established new dwarf holds and stuff like that. But a big thing among the dwarven settlers has been trying to get back to Acadia to A, retake their ancestral lands, and B, find out if there were any dwarves who survived who have been, like, pulled up there in their mountain holds for, like, a thousand years. And you also know that dwarves are incredibly private about this. It's viewed as, like, a dwarf thing. They don't let outsiders in on their business with regards to that. Like, people know that, like, this is their history and it's kind of their goal, but they don't share, like, how they're doing that or their findings like that with anybody. All right, well, let's... We should go down and check on Jimmy. He doesn't see him himself. Okay, so you guys are able to get back down there. You meet up with Jimmy and Aggie, and uh, Roxy produces this heavy iron key that she places into the doors, and they slowly start to, with the, the lining of gears, open up in front of you. So, you uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, for cinematic reasons and whatnots. When when they when they come back down, I'm just leaning up against the door, sitting to, with my back to it, and just telling the stories of our last couple of adventures to to Hydro through the wall. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. then so there was this giant fish thing with three eyeballs, and we cut him out. And it's now in my pocket. Was that before or after the puppet show with the Knollheads? Uh, that was after the the, the Knollhead puppet show. All right. Yep. And uh, the, the elf lady, like, burned down the inn? The, yes. Yes. It, she helped burn down the inn. The inn was on fire because of the cobalt pirates. who Which she... Exacerbated. She exacerbated. Yes, she did make it a little bit worse 
But, you know, in her defense, she was trying to light it up so we could see him to stab them in the face. I don't think that's really how that works. Can you please open the door? I'm still bleeding. Well, all right. Hey, oh, look, they're here with the key. <laughs> so Roxy um, rushes up and with the grinding of gears, the doors open. And you see um, in the same uniform and the same like little surfboard badge, uh, a dwarf with a halberd. Uh, Jimmy, Lokrain, and Asla give me history checks. Four. Four. Thirteen. <laughs> so, Locrian and Jimmy, he looks, he looks like a dwarf. Uh, um, Asla. You look exactly how I pictured you in my brain. Asla, you have a flash um, where you are still in bear form and you have singed fur um, and you are shifting back into elf as this dwarf uh, comes in with a halberd and Rory Kelchur is yelling about how he found the four of you trying to open the portal and then you're back in the present. Whoa. Hello, it's wonderful to meet you. Asla, you just kind of stared for a second there. Sorry, I had one of those... Ugh. Either I dreamt this or we were trying to open the portal... Yeah, that's that's where I found you. Do, do you have a healing spell, please, Mr. Cleric yeah. Man? Yeah, I'll do a cure wounds on him. Uh, actually, you don't. I don't. You don't have any spell slots. <gasps> you don't have any spell slots either. Oh. You know what? I'd love to help you, but feeling a little tapped out. Uh, can I do a medicine check? You can. Seventeen. You're able, you see that his tourniquet is improperly tied. Um, you're able to properly bandage the wound. All right, that works. Uh, so what happened here? Well, I saw that the doors were open, so I came down here to check last night. And I came in, and the four of you... Wait, where... You three, where's the, where's the other elf? It, we're, we're in the middle of that adventure. Okay, meta. Anyway... <laughs> I came in here, Rory yelled about finding you four at the portal, and then I said we're going to sort this out, and then I had a knife in my leg, and then I blacked out. But then I came to again, and I crawled up here, and then I blacked out again. And then when I woke up, you, and he points to me, were running down, yelling about severing heads, and then I passed out again after the door shut. And then I heard you knocking, and I woke up. And then you told me about your incredibly interesting adventures that I would love to listen to repeatedly. I'll write a memoir. That's great. Can someone please help me get to the infirmary? Yeah, out, uh, absolutely. Roxy uh, says, I'm, i got to check on my dad and help Chewer. Um, I'll try and run interference. You guys get to the bottom of this. And she helps Hydro get up. Bye, Hydro. Um, as he's going, Hydro says, I also remember shutting the emergency doors. Are the emergency doors shut? Uh, and they continue around the corner. Emergency doors? I don't know. You guys want to go down there? Uh, Aggie says, the emergency doors seal the fortress in the event of an attack. They're, they're up on the, the caldera, the volcano. 
That's where you came from, right? Napa? Yes. Were they shot? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Jimmy, I haven't told you yet. Apparently there was a really cool fight between a fire lion and a fire guy. A fire lion and a fire guy? Yes, and then an adorable child named Thorin gave me this tiny pickaxe. Oh, that's sweet. You stole a kid's toy? He, it was freely given. Are, are, you sure, are you sure he didn't want you to, like, sign it and give it back? To be fair, I didn't ask. Okay. He stole it from a baby. He stole from a baby. A baby! So you guys continue down some steps. Um, <laughs> and in front of you, you see this massive, massive furnace. Like, you could get, like, eight bugbears lying um, head to toe along one edge of it. Um, at the moment, it seems to be off. Um, it is made of brass and is super scorched. And this entire room seems to be, like, pretty much scorched. Like, there were fireballs flying everywhere around here. Um, you do see some gouges in a lot of, like, workbenches that seem to be made of sword thrusts. Uh, and there are some claw marks. And there is also uh, a sheep who's just walking around. And there's also two other things of note. There is a huge piece of what looks like excavating equipment. Um, it's this big metal contraption on tank treads with this huge drill on the front of it. And there is also, uh, on the wall, on the far side of the room, this big circle of arcane runes, very similar to the ones you saw underneath the green flame lighthouse. Hmm. I'm very curious about this sheep. <laughs> oh, poke it. Poke it and ask, say, call it. Call it. Don't poke it. Call it. Oh, I can talk to you. No, 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 no. Oh, that's... We know its name. Is it sheep? No. Sandy. What? Who are we? Oh my goodness! Yeah. It couldn't. It couldn't be. Could Just it? try. Weirdest what? shit's happened. Oh, but hey, but hey, but the sheep looks at you, um, and kind of squints, and then tries to sidle nonchalantly around to the backside of the forge. Um, you do note that the sheep has a luxurious woolen mustache. Oh, that li it's that little motherfucker. Did you see the sweet stash on that sheep? Stash. I, I was noticing it, yes. Yeah. Why do I think that that would be Rory? Oh. What? Rory, did you mess with magic that was too strong for you, dum-dum? Uh, the sheep baas and then makes a break for the doors behind you. Sweep the leg! I sweep the leg. Uh, make a grapple check against the sheep. Nat 20. Uh, <laughs> you grab that sheep. He is speaking and trying to bite you, but you managed to uh, grapple him. Jimmy, did you bump this? I, I, I'm, I, he's very feisty. Yes, yes. But, yes. But. Just hold him on the ground, and I, and I punch him in the head. Red, red, like the voice. back of the I head, though. The back of the head where it's more soft because sheep's ram with the front. Uh, and she says, 
All right, so I guess we found out what happened to Rory. That's good to know. Rory, why are you trying to run? Can 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 I tie a leash with my rope? You can. Yes. I tie a leash, a harness leash that he can't get out of with my rope. He ineffectually like kind of clops his hoofs, um, but he can't do anything about it, so he sullenly stands right next to you. Right. And I whisper menacingly into his ear, it's better than being hogtied, you little fuck. Bah, bah. Uh, so yeah, you guys are in the, the bottom of the Dragon Forge. Um, there's burn marks everywhere and a big arcane portal-looking thing deactivated. Can I investigate the portal? You can. Uh, Arcana investigation? It would be Arcana. Ugh, five. Okay. Um... It looks magic. I think this might be magic. Yeah, uh, it is. That's that's a portal to the elemental plane of fire. I'm sorry? Uh, well, that's in a pinch. One, one could use that to ignite maybe an entire mountain's worth of orders all at once. Well, uh, Would we you... were supposed to open this portal last night. And then we wake up and the whole world is scorched and Cora is missing. Come on. Guys, I have an idea about what the fuck is going on here. All right. Here I start petting the sheep. Okay. Um, Aggie, Aggie, you remember when we were leaving the green, 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 green flame lighthouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we were attacked by that gargoyle. Yeah. 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 And we found we found a rocky talkie around its neck. Like it was being sent by somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that thing was trying to get to runestone that we got from the fish fuck. Okay. Okay. What if that gargoyle was sent? By the green cloaked. I'm talking quiet so the sheep can't hear. The kelp chewers? Yeah. I'll, I'll cover his ears. Yeah. Why would the kelp chewers... Because they're ornery. Well, like, they, they don't like rock or Roxy, but... A, they didn't know we were at the Green Flame Lighthouse. I don't think they did. No, they maybe they weren't after us in particular. They were after the stone. And the gargoyle was giving them info back until we killed its ass. Well, who has it now? I'm not saying nothing. You have it? It's not in my pocket. I have an eyeball in my pocket. Loki? Uh, I'm afraid all I have is my sheet and my pants. Uh, as do you have pockets, Asma? Yeah. So, did Cora have the Ark in Stone? She must have. Yep. She the- turned her head slowly to look at the portal. Huh. Hmm. So, I walk over to the portal because it mm-hmm. worked a moment ago with the door, and just because what is a portal but a fancy door? <laughs> And knock. You do so. Give me a history check. Six. 
Okay, um, you have a flash of this thing being active uh, and Cora yelling while waving the Arkansas over her head and kind of drunkenly stumbling. No, I totally got this. Just hold him off. Give me a perception check. 19. You notice um, off in the corner, Cora's octavo of Featherfall um, covered in soot and ash lying on the ground. I go pick it up. You do so. And dust it off. Um, it kind of gives like a little whirring sound inside as like the orbs that are nestled within orbs rotate around each other. But it doesn't pick up and levitate around your head or anything like that. I hold it up to my compatriots and say, guys, I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, Asla and Locrian, give me history checks. All right. Nine. Um, the two of you have a flash of the four of you standing in front of the portal while Rory Kelchur is sitting inside of that machine behind you with a beam of energy touching it. I'm just like shooting out of the drill front and hitting it. Uh, and emerging from the portal is a giant flaming hand followed by a baby humanoid head composed completely of flames. And then you snap back. I feel like we should investigate the drill. You can do so. Uh, with a four. Um, it is a big thing. Uh, it is taller than you are, Lucrian, and it seems to be made for dwarves, so that's saying something. Um... There is, uh, it's made of like heavy metal. It looks like steel or something like that with these big, heavy tank treads below it and a large drill in the front. Uh, Towards the back of it, there are these like metally boxes that seem to be some sort of like mechanical contraption with exhaust ports uh, and a ladder leading up to the roof of it. Well, shotgun, if we need this. Uh, Yeah, let me just put it in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) Aggie pipes up and says, like, that's something that the kelp chewers have been working on. They say it's going to, like, make mining, like, ten times easier for everyone involved. Like, they they could never really get it working, though. They never really had the power for it. Oh, you should tell them the gnome story of of John Henry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's that? Well, there was a gnome, and he was a really good gnome digger. And some gnome brainiacs came up with the machine that they said could dig faster than the, the, the gnome digger John Henry. And John Henry was like, no, I'm going to dig faster. And so they had a race, and, and, and they sang a song, and John Henry dug, 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 and he won the race because the stupid machine needed like oil and stuff like that and kept breaking down, and John Henry won and then died of a massive coronary. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Lokrim was completely enraptured by that entire thing. Asla, too. So they couldn't power this. Do you think there's any way that the Octavo could be used to power it? Uh, Aggie looks at it and kind of gives a shrug, like, 
I don't know octavos. I don't know much about magic. Me neither. Me neither. And I'm magic. <laughs> what about the rune stone? Would that have powered it? The arc, uh, maybe. Yeah, the arcane stone. The rune stone is a stone with runes on it. Yeah, uh, is it in there? Well, he didn't look. I, I'll, somebody hold the sheep rope and I'll climb up and look on it. Uh, so as you climb up the side of the big drill tank, uh, there is a, uh, hatch on the top that is open. Do you want to poke your head inside? Um, I, well, here's what I do. I take my hat and I put it on my sword and just sort of poke it over there just in case there was something going to jump up and get my, I don't want to get my head got. Uh, nothing happens. Okay. Then I put my hat back on and I look in. You're attacked! No, nothing happened. <laughs> uh, inside, you see, it seems to be like some sort of cockpit. Um, there's like a, a lot of shielding in here. Like, the, the walls of this thing are super thick. Like, very, very protective. Uh, there is some sort of, like, uh, chair with a lot of, like, levers and uh, buttons in front of it. He means levers when he says that, so you know. No, it's bad. Pull the lever! It's who there found the rabbit. A, um, this weird, like, kind of wire frame thing behind the pilot's chair uh, in the shape of a circle, like, about the size of a basketball. Okay. Like, something could go inside of that. Okay. I, um, I look in the hole. Uh, it's empty. All right. I pop up through the hole, hatch hole and say, it ain't in here, guys. It ain't in here. Um, at about that time, the sheep that you have on a rope yep. suddenly turns into a dwarf. <gasps> and he's on a rope. Uh, yeah, but he's still going to try and run. <laughs> Punch him! On it. Uh, what are you trying to do? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use the rope to like pull him back and punch him. Okay, um, give me a post-strength check. He's gonna, okay. it's like a toddler on a leash. Do you pull and punch toddlers on leashes? Depends on the day. <laughs> um, you said strength? Yes. 13. You got a natural one. Yo! So, uh, Rory Kelpchewer <laughs> trips over his own feet and falls on his face, um, and you manage to drag him back to punch him in the back of the head. Just for that night, buff his mustache. Ow! <laughs> are, are you trying to rip off his mustache? Yes. Just half. Just half. Half of his mustache. All right. Is it better for half of his mustache? Uh, it's a four. Oh, no, sorry, a six. Uh, you rip his mustache, and it gives super easy. It's a fake mustache. Son of a bitch. Oh, God, put it on your head to hide the bald yep. spot. Immediately put it on <laughs> my head. It's, he's got black hair. It's this big black mustache on the side of your head. Aggie is like, Rory Kelpchewer, you have a fake mustache? You have the raddest mustache in the mountain. Yes, and I still would have one if it weren't for you meddling adventurers. <laughs> I just, like, the mustache. So you've got Rory Kelpchewer on a rope, mustacheless. It's a, it's a new holiday present. <laughs> so... R- Rory, what the hell were you doing down here? Um, he clams up. He, he's not talking. I've already taken his mustache. I don't know what else I can take from him. Um, let's make him eat something gross. Oh, that's that's cruel and unusual to me. Uh, when you say that, he 
splinters away from you, Aslan. Give me a history check. Thirteen. Um, you have a flash of memory. His dwarven gang members have just stabbed Hydro, um, and things have popped on him. Cora uh, is, is chucking spells uh, while Jimmy and Lokrian are running for the door, and you see uh, Rory is coming at Cora with a huge hammer, and you find with him right around the neck and drag him down and wipe at him with your claw. And as that happens, you see an errant firebolt from Cora hit the extinguished fire elemental core, which you now remember is what Rory was going to pay you guys to help them obtain by opening the plant elemental fire. You distinctly remember him saying, no, guys, it'll be easy. We open up the plane elemental fire, we grab a fire elemental, I can power my drill, you all get a huge payday off the dividends. It's an easy 10-minute adventure. And as that firebolt hits the core, it reignites, and the fire elemental begins to spring back to life, which you guys just used all of your energy to do. Mm. And then you're back at home. Hmm. Oh. Well. I have no spells. You know what I do have, though? What do you got? I do have the sacred flame cantrip, so I'm going to just light my hand. I'm going to hold it close to him. I'm going to say, "Where is Cora?" Um, he flinches. Uh, actually, give me an intimidate check. Ten. That's enough. Um, he's had some traumatic experiences with fire lately. Um, he flinches and he says, "Look, I don't know where she is now." But she closed the portal with that damned Arkenstone. And when that happened, she got sucked through it. So you know exactly where she is on the other side of the portal. Yeah, that's a death sentence. Is it? It's the elemental plane of fire. Look, if there's one thing that we're good at, it's fire. I hold it a little closer. Uh, uh, yeah. She, she turned me into a sheep. And apparently it's been eight hours since then. And then... She cast some sort of spell, channeling a bunch of energy out of that Arkenstone, and then looked at me and said, I'm tired of cleaning up all your messes, and jumped through and closed the portal after her. Which, I don't know if you had to jump, I don't know. I don't... Well, clearly, this is all your fault, so what we're going to do is make sure that everybody knows that this is your fault, and get it off of us. Jimmy, give me a history check. Eight. Okay. You remember um, that fire elemental uh, bursting back into flame again and climbing up the mountain through uh, the forge, climbing over the dragon limbs and tail and up their necks into the mountain itself and looking at Korra and yelling, this is all your fault. And you remember Locrian and Asla running out of the forge yelling, hold it off, and Cora yelling at you to hold the door as she was going to try and close the portal to make sure more of these things didn't come out. Okay, so she sent us out of the room to make sure that everything was safe out in there, and she stayed in here as the... Uh, um, 
well, for lack of a better term in my brain at the moment, sacrifice and kept herself in here to lock everything down, making sure that we were all safe outside to uh, um, um, make sure that everybody else was safe and nothing else got through. Um, when Jimmy says everyone else was safe, Locrian and Asla, give me history checks. Huh. God damn it. Two. Locrian, you remember um, rushing up the ramp of Sandspire through seas of like screaming dwarves as this fire elemental just started clawing its way uh, up the building and setting everything on fire um, and just throwing cantrips around trying to help extinguish flames. You remember the city guard rushing out and these big um, sluice gates opening, um, trying to get like water everywhere to help put up a fire around the forges. Um, and you remember Asla and you splitting up as you were trying to put out a fire and Asla yelling, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Asla, you remember chasing after this fire elemental and coming up on a landing. And you remember reaching into yourself and trying to turn into anything that can help fight it and just not having any more strength anymore. Um, and then, like, no more spell slots, just like practically passing out from your wounds. And then you remember yourself falling down. And the next thing you can remember after that is when you woke up this morning on the roof of Sandspire, covered in inches. How do you open the portal? With, with the Ark and Stone. Are you asking Rory? Yeah, I'm asking Rory. Are you still intimidating him? Yep. Uh, you bring the flame closer to him, and he says, we need an Ark and Stone. We can't just open a portal like that. Like, no one, no one's that powerful. We'll just do that freestyle. Right. Can we use this one? What one? Oh, no, we don't have the Ark and Stone, do we? No, one on the other side. Is there another way to get to the elemental plane? What? Uh, yeah, if you were, like, a ninth-level wizard, maybe. Well, I'm a second-level cleric, and I move it, I burn him just slightly on the cheek. Ah! All right. So. First things first. We gotta get this shit straightened out and our names cleared. All right. All right? Then we figure out the really important shit. Because right now, we have a bunch of angry dwarves that want us dead, and we're not gonna be able to figure anything else out if we're dead. All right. I suppose we can bring him up. Yep. So, the three of you and Aggie uh, bring Rory Kelchewer up into the Great Hall. And you see Hilo Kelchewer look on him with an expression of relief and joy, which quickly turns into disappointment. And three of you are hailed as heroes for saving Sandspot. And with apologies from the Kelchewer clan, you are free to go about your way with the gratitude of all the dwarves of Sandspire. And I want to hold his mustache aloft. Burn it! The sixth of burn you, it. with the freshly released Captain Greenleaf and Driftwood and Mr. Togo, are sailing 
back west. And the six of you moor on the docks of Kingsmith, and you three are knocking on the doors of the old barracks where the Greyhawks are based. And the door opens, and there's Blair, the drow, with his arm in a sling. And he says, hey, it's you three. Where's Cora? Woohoo! Great Scott! That was heavy. Hi everyone, Jess here, and thanks for listening to Dungeons and Flagons. If you liked it, please be sure to give us a rate and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Knights of Bart. All original artwork by me, and original music by Jonathan Rains. Thanks again, gang. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.